Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Go Fantasy Sports Day right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dan Strafford along with you. George Kurtz here momentarily to get you started for week number 12 in the National Football League. Thanks so much for joining us on this Thanksgiving weekend. We'll look back at Turkey Day. Hope you are still enjoying some of those leftovers. Uh, we had uh, some good pie for breakfast yesterday morning. Don't know if we'll go back to that well today. George, how was your Thanksgiving? You ready for week number 12? Well, funny you should mention pie for breakfast. I actually just had pie for breakfast, as I didn't there have it is. didn't have enough time to make the turkey. But uh, so yeah, pie. I had to settle for pie. Settle for pie. Shame. Listen, Dan, my, my Thanksgiving was good. I'm a cowboy fan, Dan. So uh, yeah, things uh good turkey day for me. There you have it. Uh, it was a you know look back at the games and the the Saints Falcons. I think disappointed most uh, when you talk from a daily fantasy perspective. Uh, you had sort of the the most Julio Jones of Julio Jones outings, eleven receptions, one hundred forty seven yards, but you still felt like it wasn't enough. Uh, you had the the Cowboys beating the Redskins thirty one twenty three with a, a nice outing by Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott doing uh, his work, and Amari Cooper seemingly uh, being another reject from Oakland that will wreak havoc on John Gruden over the next few years if he can get this sort of volume going with the Cowboys. And the Bears-Lions was a, a good game with the Bears coming away uh, really with a stranglehold uh, on the NFC North 8-3, and 23-16 uh, win. Any takeaways from those games? Any fantasy implications or, or fantasy uh, reactions from those three contests back on Thanksgiving? Well, you know, the first game, I think... Uh... We just wanted could Chase Daniels get the job done, and he did what a backup should do. Didn't lose the game. I wouldn't say he won the game, but he didn't lose the game for the Bears. We knew the Lions were going to struggle. No carry on Johnson. You know, no Marvin Jones. Golden Tate was traded. They, they were going to have a hard time moving the ball, and they did. They did stay in the game for a while. Congratulations to them. If not for that pick six, hey, maybe things turn out differently. But I don't think we were surprised by that game. The, the Dallas game, it was sort of a Cole McCoy. What could he do? And, yeah, he threw three picks, but, you know, it wasn't all that bad. You know, the, uh, the difference in the game was Dallas finally decided to throw the ball over the middle into the secondary, and Cooper broke two long plays. That's on the secondary. Both plays, what, one quarterback fell down, the other one, three guys surrounding Cooper, but none want to tackle him, and he's going over 90. So I think that was, that's really the difference in that game here. The night game, I don't think it was a surprise. You know, not at all. Atlanta's not that good a team. Uh, injuries have really decimated that defense. And it just doesn't, yep. just doesn't take all that much. And then, the, you know, the, the turnovers in the red zone over and over and over again. Yeah, you're not going to win that way. Uh, was uh, a game that, of what could have been, I'm sure, for Atlanta, don't know that they would have even hung with 
New Orleans if they scored more, right? I, I think you would have seen Breeze just sort of hit the gas a little bit more and put up 38 or 45 or whatever whatever he needed to on this uh, game to get it done. Uh, but those turnovers in the red zone were just absolute killers, especially uh, for those of you out there playing Daily Fantasy or, or sweating out some season-long uh, runs towards the playoffs. Uh, maybe you had a, a Julio Jones or you had a uh, Ridley or just just terrible, terrible plays. Uh, good Good job by the New Orleans defense, which seems to be back to end of season last year, George. Uh, we, we had the start of this season. The Saints defense looked like it was regressing uh, to what we saw from them two or three years ago. Uh, end of last year, they were a very solid defense, very good in coverage. And it seems as though we're getting into uh, a mode here where this New Orleans Saints team is going to be really damn dangerous in the playoffs and could be the, the NFC favorite when all is said and done, uh, just from a, a, a really a standpoint of their offense can do pretty much whatever they want to do and the defense really rounding into form. Do you think the Saints are, are top tier right now and a potential run to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think they have a team to beat, especially in the NFC. Rams are a good team, but they can't stop anybody. They have all the name players. Yeah, Aaron Donald, Dominican Sue, Marcus Peters, Keith. I mean, they have all the name players. But they can't stop anybody. All season long, it's been like this. You know, and now people think when Tlaib comes back, it's going to fix everything. Okay. You know, but he, he was there part of the season before it all broke down. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to buy that. But uh, the Saints, they, yeah, I think you're correct. Their defense was bad in the beginning. It's fixed itself. It's fixed itself. And I think you're 100% correct. Bree sort of took Thursday night off. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really need to do anything. We're going to win this game here. I mean, let's know, be, so George. I'll, I'll just do what I have to do. Georgie completed passes to <laughs> completed touchdown passes to wait. I, I need to look these up. Dan Arnold and I swear to to whomever you believe in in a religious sense. When I saw Dan Arnold, I thought of the Roseanne show. I because I combined Tom Arnold and Dan Connor and thought of the character from Roseanne. I was like, wait, he plays football. This is absurd. Uh, you had. Tommy Lee Lewis, who's what, the the third best Tommy Lee? You have Jones, you have Tommy Lee himself, and then you have Tommy Lee Lewis with the touchdown. And Austin Carr. What? 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 No Kamara, no Watson, no Thomas. I know Watson dropped a ball that probably should have been a touchdown um, heading into the end zone. But what a crazy, crazy output for Drew Brees to find. the. It felt as though, George, it was one of those moments where he's like, you know what, I'm going to get the other guys involved. Let's let's see what we can do today. Oh, and Keith Kirkwood, too. I forgot about Kirkwood. So pretty impressive uh, by Brees to uh, just absolutely spread the ball around here. Yeah, and it was like some people are really not saying it's brilliant that it's Peyton. He wants to prove how how much smarter he is than everybody else, and that that's why he's using all these guys that are unknowns. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. I think Breeze has now completed touchdown passes to 13 different receivers this year, and wow. I imagine it'll be 14 eventually when Brandon Marshall gets in there. He'll get one uh, before the end of the season. So uh, it shows you something. You know, Breeze having a terrific season, MVP uh, type season. Wouldn't shock me if he wins it again. And I do think the Saints are a team to beat. Yeah, I saw a couple of uh, books uh, move him to the top of the heap when it came to uh, MVP voting. I know Mahomes was sort of the early season darling, but uh, things have changed, and you have this Saints team really charging forward. Uh, as uh, as uh, George said and I said, the, the team to beat, at least out of the NFC, there's going to be a lot of offense in the playoffs. We know that, and I know we're going to hear defense wins championships. I think what's going to win championships this year is a semblance of defense. Like, it's like anyone who can play a tiny bit of defense uh, and stop the other team once or twice, make them punt twice out of all their possessions, that's going to win it. Uh, do you see a defense, George, out there that 
I don't think the Ravens are going to make a run in the playoffs. Do you see anybody defense-wise that you think has an opportunity? Maybe it's the Saints. Maybe it is the Saints. Maybe they are the defensive team that we've been waiting for. Well, you mean you look at the uh, the NFC, I think it is the Saints. The, the Bears, do the Bears have enough offense to really compete with these teams? I don't know that they, they, they do. I, I don't know if anybody can go into that dome and beat the Saints. I think it's a huge problem in the NFC. You know, so that's going to be an issue as well. Can anybody go into that dome and play with that crowd, that noise on that field, that turf, and beat them? I don't know. You know, uh, I guess if you're a Cowboy fan, which I am, we'll find out what they can do on Thursday night, and I think they're going to get their ass kicked. You know, I don't think I don't think Drew Brees is going to have much problem going through Dallas, uh, Carolina, uh, Minnesota. I guess they would have a shot. You know, I think it has been good at times, but no, I don't see anybody. You want to go into the Super Bowl for the uh, look at the AFC? Oh, I don't think the same, uh, Chiefs can do it. Uh, are we looking at Pittsburgh? I mean, once we're looking at some semblance of the defense of the team that can put up points. So I think Pittsburgh, maybe. I don't think the Patriots are that team this year. I just don't think uh, they are. Other than that, right. you mentioned Baltimore. Yeah, they have a sixth seed right now, but I don't see it. Chargers? Eh, I guess once again, maybe, but so many injuries there. I, I It's going to be difficult. That's the bottom line. It's going to be difficult. Uh, maybe the Saints, uh, you want to go with the, the old peak too early theory? You know, but you can say that about the Chiefs and Rams too. They're, they're all peaking too early. You know, I don't know if that's going to make a difference either. It's going to be difficult because right now with Saints look at they have, I guess if we're looking for a combination of everything, offense and defense, the Saints look like they have it. But maybe, hey, you know, injuries, there's five more weeks left. Maybe the injuries will hurt that defense. Who knows? It should be fun, though. But I think it's, uh, I think the problem is not only do you need to play defense, Dan, but I think you need to have, score points too. You can't just be a good defensive team nowadays. The game is not built that way. They want these teams to score points. Absolutely. Uh, We are going to go game by game here in week number 12. Make sure all your start and sits are answered. We'll open up the phone lines in hour number two, the second segment. Until then, you can always tweet at us at FNTSY Radio. Uh, of course, if you want to include at Dan Stravert, at George Kurtz in that tweet, I'd be happy to uh, converse with you throughout the show over there on Twitter. When you uh, are told, uh, the phone lines are open. The phone number is 844-843-6879. Looking across week 12, George, and sort of a, a high-level macro view, if you will, looks like a pretty crappy week of NFL football. <laughs> like, I, I, We've had struggles. We've had some matchups that have been bad, and we've talked through them. But I don't know that there's a – other than, obviously, I'm a, I'm a Jets fan, so the Jets-Pats, I don't have faith that the Jets are going to be in this one, but I think the Jets can at least keep it closer than people might think. I see the line now down to minus 10.5 off of 7.5 to start. Um, I think that might be – I guess, is that off Darnold News? Maybe they thought Darnold might start, but I think McCown's better than Darnold right now. But either way, I think that game might stay closer. Is there a game or games that you're actually looking forward to watching? I feel like they all happened on Thanksgiving. It's not a great week of football, a weekend, I guess, of football. Uh, I mean, listen, I'm an NFC East guy, so with Giants and Eagles, there's some interest here. I mean, it does. The, uh, I think I still think the Eagles have the best chance to win that division if they can win this weekend. They play the Redskins next week. I mentioned Dallas, I think, loses Thursday night. So if the Eagles win, think about it. Eagles beat the Giants this week and the Redskins next week. They're in first place, assuming Dallas loses the New Orleans Thursday night. Yeah, it is insane, but that, that's the way I expect it to be. Uh, Seattle, Carolina might be your best sort of playoff game. Seattle's not in a playoff spot right now, but they're just on the fringes, just on the outside. Yeah, Carolina is the first wild card, so that's a decent game. Other than that, as far as day games, no. There's nothing else that really matters all that much. It is a bad day of football. And I wonder if we're going to get into this more and more in the next couple of years, Dan. There's more teams, 
I don't want to say a tanking, but don't mind losing because they want to get those top picks. Sort of what we say, we've seen in baseball now over the past decade. You know, the Astros, Cubs, teams that have lost year after year after year because they want to get those top picks and build your team up that way. We're seeing that with the Raiders this year, right? They traded everybody they could think of. And now all these other trades, a lot of it was the same thing. We're not going to make the playoffs. We'll trade away our players. And I wonder if we're going to see a lot more of this now. We're going to see a lot of bad, bad Sundays, especially with the, uh, the Thursday game, the Sunday night game, the Monday game. They want those games to be their marquee games. They're flexing out the Sunday night games much earlier now to get a good game on Sunday night. So we lose that. So I wonder if we're going to see more and more of this over the next few years. That's a really good point that I had not thought about, that we're spreading these games out more and more. As we come into December, you start to get Saturday games, you get Sunday night, you get Monday night, you get Thursday. Um, that's all going to be a, a scheduling nightmare if these teams are tanking. And so your Sunday 1 p.m. games are going to be a bunch of you know, 10, 12, 15-point spreads with teams that uh, are, are looking towards the playoffs and teams that are honestly trying to build up as many draft picks as they can for the next two years. So it'll be intriguing to see how the schedule makers make it all work and uh, whether or not the product on the field suffers. And that's also you get to a point of player safety, right? You get to a point of if a team is running out second tier, even third tier athletes comparatively to starters from other squads, that that becomes an issue. That becomes a a real potential safety issue and one where the Coaches of the teams that are our big favorites may not play their starters. And we may get sort of week two of the preseason matchups where it's just a bunch of backups out there. Uh, and I assume that will turn a lot of people off uh, from watching the NFL in December. But all that uh, really just hypotheticals on, on where this could go as the season rolls on. Lots to talk about here. We're going to go game by game, uh, go uh, with uh, some wagering talk on each and every game and some DFS. As always, at the end of the show, at the uh, bottom of the hour in the second hour around 9.30 through to to 10 o'clock, we'll talk some wagering. We'll talk uh, about DFS lineups and uh, then give way to college football today at 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, bringing you up to all the uh, great college football matchups today. Obviously, rivalry week uh, there will we'll get a lot in the way of uh, college football playoffs and, and what could come from there. Uh, let's dive in uh, to our first matchup here. And uh, you mentioned Seattle and Carolina. It looks like as good a place to start uh, as any uh, with a minus three and a half favorite for the Carolina Panthers. Forty six and a half over under uh, implied total of twenty five for Carolina. Twenty one point five for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this will be dubbed as a matchup of uh Russell Wilson versus Cam Newton. Uh, It will be looked at uh, on that lens and pretty much that lens alone by a lot of people. But uh, you have news out, George, that Doug Baldwin, I don't know if you know this, but he's injured again. And it's coming to a point now where some drafted him as a a wide receiver one. Uh, They thought that in this offense, he was going to be the focal point uh, and one that you could trust uh, each and every week in Seattle. But he is now a game time decision with a groin injury. How how are you playing this? Is this just if Baldwin goes, you're going with them? Or or do you think this is enough of an injury and enough of a a matchup that, that you'll stay away from Baldwin in season long? This is frustrating. That's what it is. It's frustrating. Because once again, uh, just when we thought he was healthy, so he was starting to play well. He was targeted what, in the end zone three or four times against Green Bay the last game. And now he's hurt again. You know, so it's it's frustrating. If I'm a Bolton, and I'm not a Bolton owner in any league, but if I was, I'd be, I'd be extremely, fr- I mean, really frustrated right now. Am I starting automatically? 
Well, I want to, but no. It'll depend on what else is on my roster here. I'm probably leaning the other way. Because we saw earlier in this year when he was hurt, he was he just wasn't all that valuable. He wasn't using the offense all that much. He was more of a decoy. Maybe he is again. We don't know. You know, you just don't know right now. So for me, Dan, it purely comes down to what else is on my roster here. What else do I have here? I'm leaning to go to another direction here. I've seen this movie before. It wasn't good. So I don't want to I don't want to fall into the same mistake here. Lots to break down in this game. Uh, both defenses uh, have been uh, potentially getting by on a little bit of their history uh, when it comes to uh, figuring out exactly how good they are. But there's no more Legion of Boom, but a decent defense there for Seattle. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. Break down this contest and uh, all the rest of the one o'clocks. So make sure you guys are all set for week number 12. In your fantasy football seasons, we'll talk some daily fantasy as well. Dan Trafford, George Kurtz, it's Fantasy Sports Today. We're coming back on the other side of this break on Fantasy Sports Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Here on Fantasy Sports Today, no uh, Mr. Jones here uh, in this contest, but we can count Panthers and Seahawks, I suppose. Uh, not crows, but birds in and of the one of them of themselves. Uh, anyway, George, let's uh, continue on here talking Seattle and Carolina. The rest of this contest, um, you have McCaffrey and Newton, obviously, for Carolina as their main one, too. Uh, Russell Wilson at 5,600 on DK as uh, an intriguing play against Carolina. I don't know who you're pairing him with. I guess you talk uh, maybe Lockett, I I guess, would be the guy you'd go to uh, if Baldwin doesn't go. Uh, How does this contest break down for you? Who are some of your favorite plays, and where do you lean uh, on guys that you may sit uh, in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, uh, you look at Seattle, I think it's going to try to be a run-heavy game again. So Chris Carson is going to be the guy you want to go with. Uh, also, all three running backs are playing well, Carson, Davis, and Penny. And as far as uh, the order of starting him, it's that order, Carson, Davis, Penny. Carson's really the only guy you want. Davis would be more of a backup handcuff type right now. And Penny, you know, it's a little too little, a little too late to show he could play football. Uh, as for the season is concerned anyway there. Uh, Russell Wilson has been running the past couple of weeks, so that's good news. Now they're using his legs again fantasy-wise. But I think it's, like I said, you know, we saw in Detroit, I think it was two, three weeks ago when they played the uh, Lions. You know, Russell, Russell Wilson had three touchdown passes. Looked great. That's because he was 17 of 18. They're not throwing the ball that much. I mean, they've become a run team. Run first, throw second. I think you'll see a lot of that tomorrow for, for uh, Seattle. Carolina, it's going to be a lot of cam. Right? Uh, Seattle has actually been much better against the pass than against the run. So I think there'll be a lot of running here, too. Maybe with cam in his legs, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Funches is also more than likely out tomorrow, so you're not starting him. I do have some DJ Moore shares. 
You know, I wonder if he could be a big play tomorrow. He had the monster game last week. So I wonder what, he'll be the number one receiver tomorrow. I wonder if he's going once again going to be a big play here. Uh, sure pass to Greg Olson as well. But uh, Olson at this point, if he gets, he gets a touchdown, he has a good fantasy day. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Because he just uh, he's a old, slow, and plodding right now. You know, he's going to get a lot of, you know, one catch for four yards. Because you know, he, he gets seven catch for 28 yards, that kind of guy. He's not going to be breaking anything open over the middle. You need that touchdown from Olsen. It is uh, such a touchdown-dependent position, tight end, on the year. Pretty crazy to see how far that position has fallen off. And I know in the past it's been a lot of top-heavy uh, plays, but it just feels like an, an absolute void. And you throw how bad Gronkowski has been uh, with the injuries and with just simply uh, the the ability to, to stay on the field uh, and the target share. It's been a, a up-and-down year uh, for Gronkowski. Week one was an amazing week for him, and since then you've had a, a lot of uh, more misses than hits, that's for sure. But we'll, we'll get to New England and the Jets uh, in a little bit. Let's keep uh, rolling along here and talk uh, some Cleveland and Cincinnati. Now, uh, this is a matchup that I'm keying in on a bit from a Daily Fantasy's perspective. Uh, I don't know if it's fully because of the change in offensive coordinator. I don't know if it's a situation where maybe I'm overvaluing uh, a little bit of uh, what Baker Mayfield is doing. But in the two games since Freddie Kitchens has started calling plays, Mayfield is 46 of 62, 625 yards, five touchdowns, and one pick. Uh, but the biggest thing that I, I would like to point out is that just two sacks over that those two games as well. So you're getting him uh, maybe a cleaner pocket, maybe faster decision-making, better routes run, whatever it might be. It seems as though Baker Mayfield is starting to get back to what we saw, that sort of swagger uh, in the uh, first game he had out there. They had dropped off considerably after that. And this Cincinnati team isn't one I necessarily fear from a defensive perspective. Um they have some pieces that I think are fine, but overall, uh, they rank 30th in rush defense and 18th in pass defense, according to DVOA over there on Football Outsiders. Is this a week you're buying Baker Mayfield, George, as a potential top 12 quarterback? No, no, it's only two teams on by Mahomes <laughs> and Goff out. So to put him in top 12 means you're taking out some pretty good quarterbacks. I mean, uh, so I don't know if I can buy him there. And I don't, not that I have him all that far out. But, you know, Newton, Luck, Rogers, Cousins, Winston, Rivers, Wilson still, Brady still, Ben still, Wentz, Watson. You know, that's, that's already 12 right there that I've named. So who, who do you want to take out there? And are we automatically putting him above, above Lamar Jackson? How about Nick Mullins against Tampa Bay? You oh, know, man. so there are uh, Eli Manning against Philadelphia. He's down there top five cornerbacks. Are we putting him against him? You know, there are a lot of quarterbacks. The NFL is a quarterback, as far as fantasy is concerned, is quarterback deep. Yes, Winston sucks as an NFL quarterback. But as a fantasy one, he's damn good. You know, there's several others that are like that as well. So to say that he's going to crack that top 12, he could. I'm not saying he won't, but there's a lot of guys. So I, I, I'm going to – I'll hedge my money and say he won't there. That being said, he's certainly in consideration. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't – or I'm not saying no way am I starting uh, him over Eli Manning. I'm not saying that. Right. But I'm saying it, it's a conversation. You know, Mayfield and Mullins, conversation. Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, conversation. I don't think it's a cut and dry that you're putting him over. That being said, I agree with you about the offensive coordinator. Also, Duke Johnson's gotten more involved. 
right? Landry, not as much, you know, well, that's really been an all season thing. And maybe we should have, we should have known that coming in that he wouldn't have the same numbers that he had with Miami more, some more choices there, but I, uh, they're coming off a bye now. So maybe that'll change things as well. You know, another week to learn the system. Uh, it, it's looking brighter for Mayfield. I think he can throw the wall. That being said, uh, although I agree with you once again, that Cincinnati, not the greatest defense on the planet. I still, I'm still not going to have him in my top 12. All right. Uh, I uh, respect and can see uh, it is. I forgot all about uh, the Nick Mullins matchup, and that's going to be a a fun one to talk about in a little while. Uh, Let's uh, talk about the rest of the Cleveland Browns. You mentioned Jarvis Landry. Uh, You have Anjuku here as well. You know, this is an offense that has gotten better, but sort of their two main stars or or plays from a DFS perspective have regressed a bit. Uh, Target share and routes run have both dropped back for both of those. You mentioned Duke Johnson. Uh, You're seeing some other pieces uh, for the Cleveland Browns emerging as well as potential plays. Uh, You have somebody like Brashard Perryman now in uh Cleveland, Callaway, Rashard Higgins uh, are all sort of mixing in targets. I know that over uh, the past two weeks, Duke Johnson has led in targets uh, in this Cleveland offense with 13 in the past two weeks. Are there offensive pieces here that you think have some upside and should be in people's lineups, or are you fading uh, the Cleveland offense overall and hoping that you have other pieces to plug in? Well, I don't know if I'm going to uh, say I'm going to fade them overall. Now, Joku was uh, questionable, but they say he will play. So I'm not all that worried about that. I think he's going to go there. Landry's still going to be in my starting lineup. I understand the numbers of late have been, you know, blah, so-so. But I find I kind of find it hard to believe you have three other receivers better than him at a flex. So if you do, hey, God bless you. But uh, I'm going to doubt that somewhat. So uh, he's still going to be in my lineup. Uh, it's really anybody else. Duke Johnson. Nick Chubb's a starter for me. He's a running back one. So you're starting Duke Johnson. You start, uh, you're starting Nick Chubb. I'm sorry. You're starting Duke Johnson. They have used him more, once again, since the change, since Haley's out, uh, out of there. Uh, so I'm tempted to. I think he's in that flex play consideration in PPR leagues here. So I am looking at Duke there. Uh, Callaway's, Higgins, Perriman, uh, they're, they're all more than likely knows for me. Hey, maybe you're stacked with uh, Rams wide receivers and you have no choice here. But in uh, most leagues, I, I'm, I'll be staying away from those guys. It'll be Chubb. Landry, Najoku is a probability for me. Uh, let's look at the other side. The Cincinnati Bengals, we get word that A.J. Green is now questionable. Now, last week he came in, I think, with a doubtful tag, has been uh, upgraded to questionable with this toe injury. If he does go, obviously you're getting him into your lineups. Uh, wide receiver one, that, or at least you drafted him as a, a wide receiver one, uh, uh, an upside uh, with Andy Dalton. Maybe Dalton gets some... Uh, positive momentum with green back in the lineup. I, I just don't know if he'll be in there. Uh, this seems like one of those slow plays when it comes to an injury that would keep hearing week over week. He's getting closer uh, and people get excited and then he doesn't play. But uh, one, how are you working with the AJ green injury and potential playing here? And what about some pieces uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, I mean, odds are if he's playing, if he does start, I don't think he will, but if he does start, you're probably starting for your fantasy team. You know, once again, you'd have to be pretty deep not to. Uh, but he scares me. I, I have been in one league, my home league, and uh, you know, I took him out of my lineup right now. Yeah, I, I don't think he was going to play tomorrow. Originally, it was supposed to, we heard what? It was a two-week injury. Things would be out till December. And now it's going to be a one week. He's going to be back. I don't know if I was buying that. You know, so I think the, the fact that he hasn't practiced, uh, what, what we've heard, he, if he has a great practice today, he'll be in there. 
You know, what's a walkthrough today? How, how great can you possibly have? So I don't think he's going to play tomorrow. But I'll say it once again. For me, it comes down to if Green doesn't play, I would be using his backup, Ross. You know, uh, or if he does play, I should say. So I'll probably go with Green there. Uh, Ross with Green in there is not too, all that valuable. I like Ross much better if Green is out. Uh, so that, that's why I would use Green. But you may have better options on your fantasy team. You know, for some people, it may be Green or DJ Moore. You know, in that case, I'd probably, right. I might go DJ Moore. I don't think, I don't think Green's going to be a big asset tomorrow if he does play, or I'm not even sure he'll finish the game. I think I don't think he's over this injury. I, as a Green owner, unless you're desperate and you need to win tomorrow, I think you're hoping give him another week off. Let's get him completely healthy for next week. That's where I'm leaning with here, Sarah. So listen, he starts for your, if he starts for the Bengals, I understand you're probably starting him, but I think you're better off if he's just out and gets healthy for next week. Makes sense to me. How about the rest of the pieces here? Joe Mixon, Andy Dalton, uh, anybody here that you think from a daily fantasy or from a season-long perspective uh, will be in line for big weeks, or or do you have concern overall for this Cincinnati offense? Once again, Dalton's a streaming play because of uh, the Browns, not the greatest defense on the planet. Mixon's a start automatically. Boyd's a start. Uh, CJ Uzuma is, once again, a top-12 tight end. Pretty much any healthy tight end is a top-12 tight end end right now. (laughs) I mean, if you're breathing, you're probably top 12. Uh, I mentioned Ross. I only want to start if Green is out. Then uh, I will like him. I think uh, he could do some damage tomorrow. And once again, you get Giovanni Bernard, who I'm leaning more leaning no than yes. Once again, it comes down to what else, how desperate you are for a running back here in PPR leagues. You're certainly not starting with standard leagues. Could I see him in a flex if you, uh, you know, once again, if you did happen to get killed by the Chiefs and Rams being on by? Sure, I can see it, but he's not somebody I want to put in my lineup. Uh, the Game has a minus two and a half favorite for the home Bengals, 24.25 implied total for Cincinnati, 21.75 for the Browns. It sits at a a live 46 over under any interest in any of those numbers as potential wagers here. Uh, Feels like a bit of a mess of of, uh, stat line here numbers wise, but uh, anything stick out to you for potential wagers? If I was going to put a wager on this game, it'd be on the Bengals side. It's it's in Cincinnati. It's an important game for the Bengals. Right. They want to have their. They want to make the playoffs. They got to win this game. This, this is not a game you can lose. It's just yep. not. So uh, that's why I, I, I would I would go with the Bengals there because I think once again it's more important to them than it is Cleveland. Cleveland's coming off a bye. I don't think Cleveland's a terrible team, but uh, I got I got to go Cincinnati here. You mentioned minus two and a half. I'll give away with two and a half. The over under seems a little high to me, but yep. that being said, not high enough where I'm thinking about taking the under. You know, this does smell like a 24-21 game somewhere around there. So I think it's right. It's about right. And I don't think I'll be touching the over-under. But I do like the Bengals only because, once again, I just think the game is more important to them. Yep. I think that's right. And we've talked about it many times over on this show that taking the under is uh, largely not fun. <laughs> it's, it's largely not an enjoyable experience simply because uh, you're waiting for that final whistle and uh, it would need to be a drastically inflated line to be comfortable going there. Uh, I think I've gotten one right all year uh, when betting the actual under on these lines. Um, it's just difficult, especially in today's NFL where offense is king. Uh, even some of these bad teams, uh, penalties are called, turnovers, all these things can happen that can really uh, change the dynamics pretty quickly. So I agree completely with you, George. At the 46, uh, even at 46, so opened at 47 and a half, and I thought it was definitely inflated. But the 46 feels high, but not high enough where 
uh, I'm ready to sweat out a Bengals-Browns game on the last weekend of November. But uh, let's talk uh, next. What game can we go to? Uh, let's go to one that could very well be pretty ugly. Uh, Jacksonville and Buffalo, uh, a game that I really don't know what to make of other than you want to talk about an over-under. Currently sits at 37. 37. This is modern day NFL football. This isn't 1997. This isn't 2002. This is 2018 line. 37 points between Jacksonville and Buffalo. And we're getting Josh Allen back. Uh, so Buffalo has Josh Allen, uh, who's coming back from the shoulder, uh, who will, or sorry, elbow injury, not shoulder injury, elbow injury. Um, he will start against this Jaguars defense that uh, we've talked about many times over on uh, the year, George, a bit enigmatic. We're not really sure which uh, defense is going to show up. They rank seventh against the pass uh, over on football outsider, eighth against the run. But they've also had some rough goes this year uh, where they've uh, given up more than they should and ha- not been able to hold uh, enough together for the offense. How does this one break down for you? Is it one that uh, you'll have on that small third TV, or do you think this is one you'll ignore largely on Sunday? Well, it's one of the one o'clock games, so uh, it's not. It won't be a standalone game, thankfully. Uh, this will be one of the ones where on the TV where I like to switch games and watch all the one o'clock games. I won't be watching this one all that much. I mean, yep. really, what are, what are you watching here? I uh, Buffalo. You only have LeSean McCoy. It's the only guy you're thinking about starting here. Jacksonville, okay, Leonard Fournette, be nice to watch there. Maybe have a little D.D. Westbrook, maybe. I hope not, but maybe. Other than that, that's it. You know, that's the old uh, naked gun here. Nothing to see here. Move along, nothing to see here. You you want to see McCoy, you want to see Fournette, fine. That's it. That's all I'm watching. Bortles is terrible. You know, he just is. Uh, (laughs) I I died, listen, I thought... The Jaguars made a mistake when they kept them. Said it many times in all these shows and writing and everything else. So it's not second guessing. This is first guessing. I said it. Uh, I don't like him. I thought they made a huge mistake in not going out and getting one of the quarterbacks that was out there. Not that I was in love with Cousins or Keenum or anything like that, but Portals wasn't going to get you where you wanted to go. You know, and then the defense now has played poorly. I don't know what happened in the last six minutes of that Pittsburgh game last week. That was just strange. That was literally just, okay, we're done. We played 54 minutes. We're done. We're not going to play anymore. Uh, and they fell apart. That was their last hurrah this season. So as much as I want to say that Jacksonville defense f- smells like a great start tomorrow, it also yep. smells because <laughs> what if they, what if they just don't care? You know, they just don't care. You know, and they know their season's over. They're all ticked off and mad at each other, and they've given up. I'm still starting them, mind you, if I had them. But I don't know. It's just it's been a bad season in Jacksonville. I mean, it's been a really bad season here. So like I said, fantasy wise, it's Fournette, McCoy, and I'm not, I'm not even thrilled about starting McCoy, by the way. But you probably more than likely you you don't have much of a choice here. Maybe you do, but uh, you're probably starting him. You're starting Fournette. Other than that, there's nothing else I want to go with here. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, in the low 40s, so not as cold as it could have been uh, in Buffalo. I know temperatures up here in Massachusetts dip down uh, to the 20s on Thanksgiving. I think they were similar in Buffalo, if not even colder, but warming I'd up a bit. I'd have more interest if it snowed. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's fun, then. Uh, you do have uh, Fournette, obviously. You can talk about him in uh, Daily Fantasy as well as a potential option as you look through this game. If you're trying to get a little bit off the grid, go to a game that uh, not many, very few people will be on. Uh, It just looks like a bad matchup. Uh, The over-under says it all. uh, That And again, it's not as if we're saying there are two great defenses here. Like, that's the thing. This isn't two great defenses and and mid-tier offenses where the defense are going to run the day. These are just two really bad offenses. Blake Bortles is a mess. Um, And we don't know what we're going to get from Josh Allen. 
We don't. We don't know. Coming back from an elbow injury, dealing with the situation there uh, with the the lack of talent uh, in Buffalo. It's a rough one. So uh, plenty still to talk to here on Fantasy Sports Day. Dan Traver, George Kurtz. The one song that used to get my daughter to sleep. American Girl. Sean Angle on the ones and twos producing us behind the glass. Appreciate him as always. Don't forget at FNTSY Radio on Twitter. And uh, we'll have uh, the phone lines open the second hour. Come back with more after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Dan Strafford, George Kurtz, back with you here on Fantasy Sports Day, the Saturday morning edition. As always, don't forget you find George here all weekend long. Find him on uh, Sunday doing some second half of the day analysis and updates. Don't forget also, want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving. That's right, free advice from fantasy millionaires, free daily fantasy projections, and free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving weekend. Don't be a turkey. Head over to DailyRoto.com and enter the promo code TG18, so TG18, to access your free five-day trial. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code TG18. Check out what uh, Drew Dinkmeyer, Michael Leone, and the rest of the crew over there are doing each and every week. Good guys in the DFS industry. Worth uh, checking them out. Uh, let's continue on here, George. Um, anything else from that Jacksonville-Buffalo game? Are you ready to, to forget that was even on the slate? Oh, God, I can easily forget the game. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not watching that game at all tomorrow, really. That's a, that's a block. I wish it was snowing. If it was snowing, I'd have some interest in it. It would be fun to watch. Maybe like last year's Buffalo-Indianapolis game, that'd be fun. Other than that, that's how you just go. Oh, it's 7.07? No, we'll just skip to 7.08. <laughs> Let's uh, continue on. We'll go to what could be an intriguing matchup uh, for some fantasy analysts uh, where you have uh, Baltimore hosting the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Raiders coming off uh, a win, which I don't know what they're thinking there, but a win over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and you have Baltimore uh, and the Lamar Jackson experience. So they won last week, and they won a, a very uh, hard-nosed game. Uh, Jackson threw the ball limited amounts of times. Uh, they went really with the, the RPO, but basically the uh, – the R part of the RBO, the run pass option. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, you had none other than everybody had this pegged. Gus Edwards emerging uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. To be fair, he was a very good back in preseason, and we've heard very good things of him coming out of practice. Uh, the backfield there with Ty Montgomery and Buck Allen, Alex Collins, uh, wasn't really getting it done. Uh, Gus Edwards also, I have to admit here, uh, finished his college career at the uh, the alma mater of myself, Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey, so near and dear to my heart. Another Rutgers player that I can lose money on, uh, which is always a good thing. Do you think, George... That Baltimore throws the ball more this week, or is this simply a terrible Oakland defense, a terrible Oakland offense, 
and a game where Baltimore probably throws it even less than they did last week because they just won't have to. Uh, I wonder what your take is here on what we can expect from Lamar Jackson. Well, I mean, let's, uh, you said it was the RPO. This was the R, 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 R. <laughs> oh, that's really what it was. Okay. Uh, he was, he wasn't good throwing the ball at all. He's got a ways to go to be an NFL quarterback. Uh, he was Tim Tebow. That's really what he was. You know, uh, and, uh, as they won the game, so Matty had 100, 117 yards rushing, but he was, T, uh, you know, Tebow personified again. He's got, he's got some work to do. Don't how to throw the ball in the NFL. First thing that comes to mind is John Brown, Willie Steed, Mike Crabtree. You can leave them on your bench. Probably want to go in another direction. Uh, cause you just don't know how many passes are going to be there. Oakland is a poor defense. You know, poor, pathetic, bad, terrible, whatever, uh, whatever adjective you'd like to use there. They're bad. So I, I understand it hurts not to be able to start these guys, but uh, I'm leaving the wide receivers on the bench. Lamar Jackson is not my top 12. Not that far out of it either because I think he'll run for a ton again. If you can just get him one touchdown, I mean, if he had, would have had one touchdown last week, rushing or passing, had a 20-point week. I mean, in his first NFL, I thought that's pretty damn good fantasy-wise. Uh, and I expect, to, I expect him to get that this week, either running or passing. I don't know if he's going to run for 117 again. That's asking an awful lot, but 60 to 80 is minimum that I think he runs for. So he's certainly uh, on my board to start. I am starting him in a two-quarterback. So, yeah, two-quarterback league. He starts for me. Uh, so he'll go for me there. And I easily, I mean, without a doubt, started him over Stafford last week and this week as well. So that, that's all. That's, you know, somebody who I'm draw, not starting, uh, who I am starting, Lamar Jackson, over. Uh, the passing game I'm not interested in. I mean, the joke last week was, who the hell is Gus Edwards? Uh, yes, I knew who he was, but, you know, not a lot of people did. Right. He came, sort of came out of nowhere. And the question really was, well, what happened to Collins? Had a touchdown earlier in the game last week, Dan. And then all of a sudden he goes away. And we didn't know why. There was really no report. We heard rumors that he had migraines. Now it seems to be the ankle injury is probably what limited him. Okay, well, if he's back this week, what does that mean for Gus Edwards? Edwards was a huge pickup on Fab this week. Right? Some yep. people blew everything they had. They blew everything. They spent it all. And I don't blame them. Not, don't blame you at all. You know, not too often a possible starting running back becomes available in week 12. But we don't know what his role is going to be. Is Collins back this week? Is he back to being the starter? Was Gus Edwards so good because of Lamar Jackson? You know, and Lamar Jackson is starting again. But what about next week if Flacco comes back? You know, so a lot of question marks here. Bottom line is, man, I, I'll be, you'll be listening to a lot of pregame here to try and figure out who the starting running back is going to be tomorrow. Is it going to be Edwards? Is it going to be Collins? Is it going to be split? I'm not really all that confident in either one right now. <laughs> and for Oakland, boy, we can pretty much just glance over Oakland, right? Uh, you, you don't want to start Carr. You don't want to start any of the receivers. The running backs, Martin's banged up as well. Could be a heavy Jalen Richard day if uh, – uh, in PPR leagues, which I would kind of like uh, a whole bunch as far as that's concerned. I think he'll get more than his share of passes. Double-digit points wouldn't shock me at all. If he can ever get to the end zone, I think he could approach 16 to 18 points. But uh, if, if Martin's out, even if Martin's in, I think Rashard's going to have a nice day tomorrow. I think he's a flex play. Yeah, I, I like the Rashard call here as somebody off the radar from a DFS perspective. Simply, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the term, but game script-wise, this seems to be... Uh, where Baltimore should be trailing. and uh, Sorry, where Oakland should be trailing. Uh, I don't know that it's going to be a gigantic offensive game for Baltimore, but it just feels as though they're going to have a lot of short field uh, turnovers, all those different things that uh, should lead to uh, potential 
high scoring or at least high deficit for Oakland and thus having to have uh, Richard in there for the receptions and trying to move the ball, pick up first downs and the like. Baltimore wide receivers, uh, you mentioned Jackson mentioned uh, the, the play here. It's pretty crazy to see how much they're going to fall off in production. Uh, and John Brown, Crabtree probably is an intriguing one from a possession perspective, like somebody who can run those short routes, uh, intermediate routes, and, and get open uh, in, in the short field. But you're not going to see any vertical passing from Lamar Jackson. And you saw it in college. It's not as if he doesn't do it, but it's just against these defenses. It seems as though he's going to struggle, as George said. So I think John Brown and Sneed, sort of your your bigger home run threats, uh, become afterthoughts as of right now, right? I mean, I don't see how... They, they are in any way fantasy viable until Lamar Jackson proves that he's going to throw more than 10 times a game and throw more than 15 yards down the field. Do you see it the same way, George? I do, and I think that's uh, I don't, I never think that's a great thing. You know, one thing I've been critical of the Cowboy offense is that they don't attack the secondary, and if you don't do that, right. you're inviting the safeties up. So I think, uh, you know, Baltimore, here it's something where Harbaugh has to go to uh, Lamar. Listen, you're going to throw this fly pad, no matter what you're throwing it, but throw it five yards out of bounds. The idea is there, just let defenses know he can do it. Therefore, they have right. to you know, keep those safeties off the line of scrimmage. They have to keep them backed up, make sure John Brown can't blow a top off of it. So that's one thing I would. Uh, I think you have to do, and I think it's important to do. And for all NFL teams, I said I've been a, a huge, uh, I guess, Critic, uh, criti- critical of Dallas for not doing things like that. They don't have Dak throw the ball into the secondary at all or throw the ball deep at all. You can't do that in today's NFL. You need to get those safeties off the line of scrimmage. So if that's one thing, even like I said, if I'm Harper, you know, I tell Lamar Jackson, you do this, but I don't want the ball in the field to play. You know, I, I just want them to know you can do it. Show some arm strength here. That's that's where I would go with this, just to get those safeties to back off here. But, yeah, John Brown, uh, it's a funny thing. Out of, out of all three receivers I just named, Sneed would be the one I might start the most because he plays, you know, slot close to the line of scrimmage. He'll have a better chance to catch balls than either Brown or Crabtree will. Makes uh, makes sense. Uh, and I think uh, one to keep an eye on and one from an analysis perspective, uh, start to see where Jackson throws the ball. Well, it, it, are they pushing that envelope a little bit? Are they challenging that idea at least a little bit? Or is Harbaugh more than happy to just win the game and get to next week and figure out next week, next week, not worry about defenses scouting uh, their offense and, and going from there? So will be an intriguing thing to keep an eye on uh, as the season rolls along. Let's uh, roll along ourselves as we head towards the top of the hour. Don't forget, second segment next hour, we will open up the phone lines. We'll be happy to hear from you and take your questions on start sits, DFS questions, uh, overall NFL questions, or uh, what to do with your turkey leftovers. Uh, happy to do that as well. 844-843-6879. Of course, you can tweet at us as well at FNTSY Radio. It's at Dan Shravitt, at George Kurtz. The two most creative Twitter handles in all of fantasy analysis uh let's continue on here to let's talk san francisco tampa bay you mentioned nick mullins earlier oh let me get your take here quickly 42 and a half over under uh with a minus 11 for baltimore either number intriguing or too too low and too high when it comes to the over under and spread respectively yeah i mean it's funny uh you mentioned it earlier with uh with over-unders I love to bet the overs. I, tr- I truly do, mainly because of what you said earlier. 
you could win that in the third quarter. I bet the over the KC. Uh, I mean, most of us did. Not that there was any brain surgeon there, but the Chiefs Rams game, I had the overs. Over by third quarter, I'm celebrating. It's like 11 o'clock, exactly. 10.30. Celebrating. The under, you're right, man. You got to sweat that out to the end. Right? And especially in those last garbage time touchdowns where teams aren't playing defense anymore. There's always a problem there. So uh, I, I enjoy betting the overs much more than the unders. Uh, let's continue on to our next contest, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, where we have one Nick Mullins, who's at 5,400 over on DraftKings in what has been the prime matchup on the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a Buccaneers defense that ranks 31st against the the pass, uh, sorry, 30th against the pass, 27th against the rush on the year, 31st overall in uh, DVOA over on Football Outsiders, if you haven't checked that out before. Uh, it's a weighted defensive metric uh, that uh, tries to get rid of the variance of the schedule uh, and figure out exactly uh, how good or how bad a defense is. Uh, so it is small sample size because the entire NFL season is a small sample size. Uh, but we all know that Tampa Bay, is bad on defense and thus uh, has a, a high upside here for Nick Mullins coming uh, off uh, another start. Uh, this one against the Giants last week, which was not as good as his start against Oakland, but still uh, viable. Uh, what do you go? 27 to 39, had a TD, did have two interceptions, uh, stark drop off in his quarterback rating, but he jumps up here in, in what could be another big, big matchup. Uh, do you have Nick Mullins as a streamer this week and somebody that you think has enough upside uh, to be a good start in week number 12, George? Well, he's certainly a streamer. Listen, Dan Stratford is a streamer this week against uh, Tampa Yes, he Everybody's damn right is. <laughs> Tampa's bad. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. They're bad. No no pass defense there. None, nil, not a zero, zilch. Can't stop anybody. All right? Uh it's a shame Pierre Garçon's not going this week. He might be in consideration here. Marquise Goodwin's certainly in consideration here. Nick Mullins is not in my top 12. Like, say, he's not. I already named the top 12 earlier. But, right. you know, I could see you, if you're looking for upside, starting him over some guys who are in the top 12. Deshaun Watson comes to mind. You think Watson's been kind of off lately, right? Not doing all that much. Plays Tennessee. No matter what you think about Tennessee, it's a pretty good defense there. Or this one that we don't see... Watson going off on when he's going to score a thousand points, so I could see Mullins going going over him. You know, I, I could definitely uh, see that. I don't know if I could do Mullins over Wilson. You know, even Wilson without uh, you know Doug Baldwin. I don't think I could pull that trigger. I don't think I don't think I can. But I I can understand somebody looking for upside here because I think Mullins would offer that. You know, not that I think Mullins is great. I don't. I I, I don't think it's, I think this guy is eventually a, a quarterback, uh, a backup in the NFL. Let's guess what he is. You know, but he's running it now because Garoppolo's out, and you know, CJ Beard is nothing special either. So they'll they'll go with Mullins here, but he's got he's got the best matchup tomorrow. I mean, we do get we don't like the fact that West Coast teams come out to the East Coast play one o'clock games. It's generally not a good thing, but yeah, they may not win the game, but I think they'll score points. I do. I think this will be a pretty high-scoring game, 31-28, somewhere around there. I don't think Iowa defense can stop the other. So I think there'll be some points put on the board here. So Mullins, yes, would be in consideration for a streaming quarterback start. And in super flex leagues or two quarterback leagues, he's my second quarterback, no problem. It will be a fun one to watch, and this is uh, an interesting team. Obviously, you had uh, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo go down with injury to start the year. <clears throat> All of my best ball teams cried when that happened, but uh, you do have... Uh, Mullins 
coming forward here and, and potentially yeah. having a good story to end the year for the 49ers. A great matchup, uh, one that I'm sure you'll see a ton of ownership from a DFS perspective. So uh, if you think you're being Q-tier, you are probably not. Uh, I would check ownership percentages on, on sites that offer it, um, ownership projections, I, I should say. I'm assuming he's going to be uh, one of the higher-owned quarterbacks on the weekend at 5,400 over there on DraftKings. What about the rest of this matchup? Obviously, you mentioned Winston earlier. San Francisco, not a great defense. Uh, you have uh, O.J. Howard is out, so that makes Cameron Brait an intriguing play at 3,600. Um you have the obvious pieces from Tampa Bay with Evans and Goodwin. Uh, I think Deshaun Jackson, is he still a question or is he probable at this point? Uh, with there is no injury. such thing as probable anymore, Dan. Oh, that's they right. Got rid of that's that. Right. I, that. Which is the he is probable, but yeah, he's, he's listed as questionable with a thumb injury, but he's, he's going to play. So, uh, listen, uh, we, we can all say whatever we want about Jameis Winston. He is a bad NFL quarterback. He is a good fantasy quarterback. That's really all that matters for us. That's all we care about. We care about fantasy. Uh, Jameis Winston is easy top 10 tomorrow. He might end up being top 5 before all is said and done. San Fran, bad defense as well. Bad pass defense. So you're starting Jameis Winston tomorrow. I've got him, I think, at least three leagues. I drafted him in yep. a lot of leagues. I expected uh, I expected what's happening to happen. And he starts for me, no problem. Uh, I'll take the two interceptions or whatever he's going to throw tomorrow because that's generally what he does. So I'm starting Jameis Winston. Cameron Brait is a gift at 3,600. You know, the problem is every, every, a lot of us are going to be doing it. Uh, Winston has proven before that he likes throwing to Brait, especially in the red zone. I'd be surprised tomorrow. Brait doesn't score. I think he scores tomorrow. So he's starting for me. Uh, the wide receivers, uh, Evans, I'm starting him. Uh, Deshaun Jackson probably does scare me a little bit. Fitzpatrick seemed to use him more than Winston does. So and with the thumb injury, that's probably enough, certainly in DFS, to keep me away. You know, in redraft leagues, uh, we'll have to see how that goes, depending on what else I have on my roster. Because I do own uh, Deshaun Jackson in a couple of leagues. I might have to put him in too good a matchup to sit him in. Adam Humphreys and Godwin. Humphreys was really hot, but that was with Fitz. Will it remain that way with Winston? We don't know. I'm, I'm leaning more towards God. If I had to choose between Godwin and Humphreys, I'm leaning more towards Godwin here. But really, in some ways, I'm thinking about not starting either one of them because I just don't know what Winston's going to do. That's one thing, uh, the bad thing about changing the quarterbacks here. Uh, Peyton, Peyton Barber, you need him to get to the end zone, but he's probably uh, starting a redraft leagues for you. George Kittle goes. Marquise Goodwin goes. Matt Breida goes. Kittle's uh, one of those names that you hear over and over again uh, in fantasy and you want to see some high upside. Uh, this might be the week. Uh, he's had some uh, obvious uh, good matchups in the past, but he is uh, highly priced over there uh, on DraftKings at 6,200. Uh, he has had, what, multiple double-digit point outputs over on DraftKings, but I don't know that uh, 6,200 for George Kittle. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll talk DFS uh, in the second hour. We're hitting the top of the hour now. Don't forget college football today at 10 a.m. Eastern. We're back with more here on Fantasy Sports Today. After this, Dan Schaffer, George Kurtz. Don't forget phone lines open up in the second hour and get at us on Twitter, FNTSY Radio. Oh,